Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show audio-only version. Sorry for those who love watching us on YouTube every week, or 300 of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Will Gavin, uh, alongside me, Ollie Hunter, literally alongside me. Yeah. We're in an off-air studio, tucked away in a weird bit of the building. This basically feels like we're doing Tuesday morning football eight years ago. It really is, actually. That's a great point. It's like we're we're back in Leicester Square and uh, in that tiny <laughs> little room. <laughs> that weird little box. Squeezed into a little box. This is slightly better. Slightly better. Um, better lighting. Yeah, better lighting. I, I can't see all of the imperfections in you. In, in me. your skin. In me. Yeah. Hey, by the way, happy birthday. A bit harsh. Uh, thanks, mate. Thanks. Literally, that's actually the first time Ollie said it to me, despite the fact that... That's rubbish. We've been together for some time now. That's uh, rubbish. I said... I, I, about eight years as a couple. I, mess- uh, <laughs> I messaged you. Uh, same birthday as uh, Jin Lithgow. Uh, <laughs> yep. <laughs> the Asian John Lithgow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Son Lithgow. Uh, uh, and, and the... Amazing Clint Hill, so... And John Favreau. Uh, yeah, and John Favreau. All the, John, all the Johns who don't use an H in their name. Yeah, why do they do that? The I don't worst. know. How was your birthday? Did anything interesting happen? Uh, yeah, you know that I got locked out of my house. Yeah. That's, you know, I got locked out of my house because the car insurance needed the mileage on the car. I picked up the car keys, I walked out the front door, not realising my wife had taken the house key off the car keys and so in the door shut behind me I had no way back in I had the car keys to an uninsured car I didn't have my wallet on me so I couldn't pay for the car insurance in order to drive the car (laughs) to pick up some keys so I had to get an Uber barefooted to my wife's work and back uh, in order to get back into my house I would have driven the car yeah I'm I uh, might have already been in my life already caught driving an uninsured car oh, in, a, okay. in a not dissimilar situation, costing me six points and a lot of money. <laughs> Imagine uh, if you get caught with, a, <laughs> with, with, uh, with no shoes on eating a Toblerone. <laughs> <laughs> I was literally Alan Partridge. <laughs> oh, my God. Incredible. That's the uh, I like the way you, you blamed your lovely wife yeah. for the incident. But, well, I mean, uh, it was her fault. Hey, hey, we had a good time at, uh, at the NFL, didn't we? We've had a lovely time the last couple of weeks. It's been brilliant to have the NFL fell back in London. Uh, we had t- one good game, one okay game. I mean, they were, they were both of them, the quality wasn't high, but the entertainment was high. And I, I genuinely think, and, and I believe this to be the case, it's a small sample size with only four games at the moment, but the average points per game are already far higher than they are at Wembley over that same kind of span of the last four games played there. And I think the quality is better in terms of the turf there. I I think coaches don't make decisions based on Mm. that because they're not concerned about it. I think the atmosphere is much better. And I kind of got into this a little bit with some fans on, uh, on Twitter the other day because they're all telling me that the experience is better at Wembley even though once you're in the stadium, the experience is better because the pre-game and post-game are better. I can't, A, I can't figure out that it is that much better. I know that Wembley has slightly better transport links, but honestly, not that much better. It's still easy enough to get on a tube, get on a train at Tottenham. You might have to walk a little bit before you get on one. There's lots of pubs in that area as well, which people were trying to claim that there weren't. They do like the experience beforehand, which let's forget they don't do at Wembley anymore because of the fact that there is no space to do Mm -hmm. it now they've built all those flats. And also, yes, there is Box Park and things now at Wembley, but those didn't exist when the International Series games came 14 years ago. Really, they didn't exist five or six years ago. Wembley has improved hugely over that time, and hopefully we'll get the same from the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. My only criticism is that they could lay on some extra overground trains from Seven Sisters to Tottenham and back yeah. again between the busy times when the stadium is open. That's literally my only criticism. I think other than that, I am 
I am all for games at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I think they are better games of NFL. And what I am paying to see and what I am travelling for is to see NFL in the right environment, in the best possible atmosphere. And I think you get more of that at Tottenham personally. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, in, in everything that you've said, I thought it was a... The, the whole experience of being in and around a stadium. Also, the stadium being kind of in with all the houses. Wembley's a, a, a shopping centre, basically. It, this is, feels, it feels far more authentic to me. And you, you mentioned um, all, the, all of the experience and, 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 and the stuff that the NFL lays on. But let's just not forget that the NFL shop in uh, Tottenham is, is brilliant as well. You don't get that at Wembley. You don't get the, that kind of shopping experience for, for getting your merch at Wembley in in that case as well. So I think there's loads to be said. Matt Ryan said after the game that it's one of the best stadiums he's ever played in. I know uh, you spoke to... Did you speak to Arthur Blank? Was that a myth? Was that a dream? Yeah, I uh, did speak to Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank said that it's a stadium that's as good... I, mean, I don't think he said quite as good as, as his stadium in Atlanta, but it's right up there. And I, genuinely, other than AT&T in Dallas, I think it's the best NFL stadium that I've been to for watching for the watching experience watching yeah the Atlanta one's pretty high up on that list Minnesota was pretty spectacular obviously there's other places that for the history and the tailgate and everything else are phenomenal and we haven't been to Vegas yet we haven't been to Los Angeles yet although hopefully we're going to do both in February because we might be trying to go to the Pro Bowl uh this is possibly a plan that's coming together this week is that we might be going as gridiron and as talk sport to the Pro Bowl because we get such great access to players. So, yeah. look, if you're wondering why we're going to Las Vegas before Los Angeles, just know that it's for you, the listener. It's for you. We're doing it to get you content. It's it's yeah. not it's not about it's not about us. It's never about us, especially you or me. It's it, not about us. It's not about me. It's all about you, them. Exactly. Who? Exactly. Yes, the listeners. Lovely stuff, right. So that was my feelings on Tottenham. I feel like we shouldn't have started off with a ramp, but we did. The Jacksonville Jaguars getting their first win. Um, you know, Trevor Lawrence, who's pressured a career high times, but had a best, a brilliant game under pressure, 103 yards under pressure, uh, threw his first touchdown pass while pressured, made a couple of throws that was ridiculously low percentage. I think Trevor Lawrence is an absolute superstar in the yeah. making. Uh, and actually, that team... Two, three wins this season will probably feel like a victory overall. There will be some turnover, but he personally is looking superb at this point. Uh, the Dolphins is a bit of a dumpster fire. Oh, man. And some of the news that's coming out uh, over the last couple of days as well regarding the Dolphins and potential trade stuff, they really are a dumpster fire. All of that from such promise of last season and the season before, but mainly last season. And now, oh, man, if I was a Dolphins fan... Losing in that in that fashion to a team that had lost twenty games in a row, um, and then what could be coming on the horizon? Cheapers, uh, it, it's bleak. It's so bleak. The other thing that I saw that people mentioned when debating Tottenham versus Wembley was um, a few people going, "Well, yeah, but I didn't get hit in the back of the head with a cup at Wembley." That was a ridiculous incident, and the behaviour of many people obviously should be 
condemned and was stupid and was drunken and doubly annoying because if they take beer away in the stands from NFL, which they will, by the way, do at Wembley and Tottenham, if they take it away, they will take it away full stop mm. from the sport, would be a real disappointment. It was clearly a massive misunderstanding when we got down to it, but it was people jumping on a bandwagon and getting involved and just throwing cups for the sake of it after they saw some people in another part of the stadium doing it. Yeah. Those people are idiots. Yeah. But that's not a reflection on the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or the viewing experience or the... like. It was to feed the beer snake, it, wasn't a, it? Yeah, it was a weird thing that happened. It was just weird. I've never seen that. Because um, you, you get beer snakes in cricket. But you don't get people lobbing stuff. No. I think it's just, I think some people saw other people do it and thought, oh, that's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. People are sheep a guy, idiots. A guy down the front, it was of the end zone to our right, down the front, and it was from the far end of, of where the play was happening. A guy down the front started to build a beer snake. He actually, he either got the first one confiscated off him or it fell over and he lost it. And then he asked people around him for more cups so he could build another one. And so people started off by passing them down. And then a few around him started throwing them. And then that whole big rake of a stand all started throwing them down to him. Yeah. And actually, I've got a video. If you see the stand just in, the like the, the pitch just in front of where that guy was sat because he was right down the front, it's littered my initial thought was that they were trying to throw it through the uprights. People were trying to score field because some of the throws were that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it was just, it was a big misunderstanding. It was absolutely stupid, but I don't think it will happen again after well, then, an isolated incident. Because I'd left, I'd left to come here to talk sports to do the Red Zone on the radio show. Um, were there many cups with beer in them? One or two, but not a lot. Yeah. Um, the problem is, is that Tottenham have got those magnetic cups, so where the bottom sticks to it, so they can do that filling the beer up from the bottom. Yeah, it's ridiculous thing, and that means the bottom of the cups are heavier than a normal plastic sure, cup. Sure, And so if you get hit with one, it's going to be more painful. Not like significantly. It's not like getting hit by a glass, but it's not. It's also not going to be. Yeah, you know, you've been hit on the head by a plastic cup. Yeah. Um, it did take Ollie Wilson off air briefly. I, I heard it. I heard it. I was on this platform at, uh, at White Hart Lane, I and know. I heard him go off air, and you had to call a couple of plays. Yeah, I called the, the kick-off after the, yeah. the, the uh, Dolphins touchdown to bring them back into the game, and another couple of plays after that until we got him fixed, which, honestly, it was annoying, but also kind of slightly funny. It was funny. <laughs> I, was like, I, I was laughing. Um, I was slightly worried that something had happened to him, but thankfully that hadn't happened and, and we got him back on there. But um, yeah, we were fine. It was we all good. Fine. It was good. So let's uh, let's talk. Uh, well, we're going to look forward to week seven on the show today. We're also going to hear from. I haven't done any kind of a menu of what we're doing on the show today. This is what happens when Harry isn't with us telling us what to do and pointing and yeah. making us better. Yeah. Producing us. That's what it's called, isn't it's it? Pretty much. Uh, we have got coming up shortly uh, my conversation with the head of the UK and Europe for the NFL, Brett Gosper, former head of world rugby. Gosby. Uh, had, yeah. a, uh, had a good 10 minutes with him at an NFL Foundation event recently. Uh, also, London Mayor said. Sadiq Khan talking about the possibility of a franchise here, of the future of London. He described the NFL in London as not temporary but permanent, that they would be doing things to get more games here. So some really interesting things there. We obviously had the Germany news announced last week that they are looking to announce a regular season game to be played in Germany next year. Uh, Brett Gosper, you'll hear in the interview, tells us that their intention is to have this the host city picked by Super Bowl week. Uh, apparently, each of the host cities sent over a, 
an attaché to the Tottenham game this past weekend. Bregos, you'll hear him, literally. Like, if you see a bunch of Germans walking around, they're probably from one of the cities coming to see what it's like to host NFL. Um, so from Dusseldorf, from Frankfurt, from Munich, they've gone through to a candidate phase. The intention is to announce which of those cities it is during Super Bowl week and then host a regular season game there next year. Three regular season games here in the UK is what they've told us it intends to be at minimum uh, and the potential for expansion yeah. beyond that. I mean, first and foremost, definitely going to the Germany game, right? I mean, 100%. Germany's fantastic country. If we're not allowed to go as working, if well, you know, we're not doing commentary, if we're not doing it's anything work-wise, I am going to go as a fan. Yeah. That is that yeah. is a trip I fully intend to make. Uh, same here. And it wouldn't surprise me Although I've heard from some very high up at uh, at NFL UK that if it was Green Bay to end up in Germany before they ended up in the UK, uh, there would be riots. That would cause an international incident. It, it, there would be an international incident. So I don't think it will be Green Bay. Um, but even if it even if it isn't uh, the Packers, I'm 100% going to Germany. Germany's a brilliant country to go to. Have, great have beer, any, great food. Have you done any of those cities? I've done... No, I haven't. I've No, I've... Hamburg, Berlin... Cologne. Uh, no, I haven't been to any of the other any of those cities. Munich, obviously, you've got the Oktoberfest, which would be ridiculous if you had it uh, had an NFL game during October. Frankfurt, come obviously, you've got the uh, the Frankfurt Galaxy, the the old NFL Europe team, and then Düsseldorf's meant to be a really really cool city on on the river on the Rhine, the River Rhine, and uh, it's meant to really there's an old town and a new town, meant to be really beautiful. So uh, I'd, I'd I think any one of those cities would be amazing to go to. I've I've done Munich. Munich is fantastic. Yeah, Munich is a brilliant. I did a long weekend in Munich. I went to when Lollapalooza was there. I uh, went and saw Radiohead. You were invited and were meant to come and didn't. Still devastated. No, no, no. That day. was the that was the Berlin one that I didn't go to. Oh, maybe am I? Th- oh, maybe I'm thinking of Berlin. Yeah, no, I am thinking of Berlin. <laughs> Why did I think I was in Munich? I don't know. No, I have been to Munich. I've just conflated two trips there. I don't know how I've done that. But I've been to Munich and Munich was great. All right. I've not been to Dusseldorf or Frankfurt before, but I'm all for going to those places as well. Yeah. And I've heard brilliant things. And the people who uh, we do are, the, the people who like do the German football stuff for TalkSport, uh, Archie Rintut, uh, Kev Hatchard. Hatchie face, yeah. I've been tapping them up for info on those cities and... It sounds like the stadiums would be spectacular. The events would be unique. We had Sebastian Vollmer on the show on Sunday, who was great value talking about it. Like I, I'm, I think the NFL in Germany is going to absolutely fly. I am still relatively convinced that the plans for this this seventeenth week of the NFL, as much as right now they've got this, we're going to flop a home and away game, and da 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 da. I think within a few years that will become a neutral site seventeenth game. So yeah. you do your eight home. Eight road, one neutral site. That way they have 16 games a season that they can take four to the UK, two to Germany, four to Mexico, two to Canada. One and to Japan or something. One to Japan and yeah. one to Brazil. Well, whatever it ends up being. Oh, NFL in the American uh, Like that all of, that is how I thought. Yeah. And when we spoke to uh, Arthur Blank and when we spoke to Brett Gosper, I think the feeling is, is that the franchise likelihood has moved away from that now that really was their plan for a long time and they're talking about 2020 2021 around now was the initial intention for that as well and as you'll hear from the brett gosper chat shortly the fact is is that what he says is it's going to take an owner 
making the decision they want to move a franchise and move it to London for that to ever happen. Essentially, he's just the expansion, there's no chance. Mm. But if, say, Shard Khan or anyone else was to turn around and go, it's not working in our host city, we're not making any money, they won't build us a new stadium, whatever it is, let's go to London, then the NFL are willing to look into facilitating that and making it a reality. Fantastic. I think in the meantime, they're not going to push for that. I think it's going to be take more games internationally, try and expand the brand globally, and we get however many games we get here, three or four a year, and then you end up seeing more everywhere else. And I love it. I think that's great fun. Do you think, after what you've seen this week, that I know it's the age-old question, but do you think the UK can sustain an NFL team? I've always held that the NFL would be able to sustain a, a, a team the UK would be able to sustain an NFL team. That Tottenham Stadium makes it all the more likely. Sure. I think you hold six games a year out of eight there, maybe even seven. You do one at Wembley that's a showpiece event, and then you maybe take one on the road, say, if there is a stadium. I think Murrayfield has a long enough field. I think, um, I know that Old Trafford doesn't, but somewhere like that, like try and make it a bit more, You like you could easily do all yeah. of those things, yeah. right? That's great. That, all of that I think the fan base is still there as well. I think people just gravitate. We saw actually how loud people were when the Jags won, and and there was that actually even in the 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 comeback touchdown at the end of the second half, even the neutrals are just just cheering, pulling for the Jags. I think they were pulling for a good game actually. But oh, yeah, there is an element of yeah. that. I, I, I for me, it's always been a case of okay, maybe a lot of people would only root for them as their second team. If they were, as long as they're not in the same division as the team that they support, or yeah. whatever. You know, if they end up in the NFC, in the AFC East, Patriots fans aren't going to root for them as a second team. Yeah, we don't want them though. But the sorry, sorry guys, <laughs> <laughs> love you, Pats fans. It's only one of the biggest fan bases. In the yeah, I think they it might worry. be the biggest. So. Let's, let's alienate. Yeah, 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 it's fine. Um, I've always maintained that I think that if you brought a team here and people watched it week in week out, what it would do for the growth of the game here, the number of Jags fans that are here already. The number of new fans as well, like I've anecdotally told this story a bunch of times, but I remember moving to TalkSport. I remember coming down to London, moving here in 2012, and it was literally you and I in the office. That was it, yeah. There was no one else who gave two flying hoots about the NFL. We now have a 14-team fantasy league where we're turning people away from joining it because they want to get involved, which, I mean, you might be like, yeah, 14, that's not that many. But in an office that only realistically has 50, 60, 70 people in it, that's a pretty good number of people that are have a proper rooting interest in the NFL and have a team and follow it every week and play fantasy and watch Red Zone and listen to our coverage and all of that stuff. You know, Gridiron, you see how well that's flown over the last few years. There is a bigger fan base. There is a bigger casual fan base. And the likelihood that those people would adopt a London team. Fair play. You've supported the Browns since 1985. You're not going to change that allegiance. I'm probably not going to change my allegiance from the 49ers. Ollie's probably not going to change his allegiance from the Packers. But A, I would root for that London team anytime they're not playing my team. And which means that when I'm in the stadium, I'd almost always want them to win. They're an AFC team. I want them to win in that stadium Eight times out of eight. Yeah. It's just once every eight years that I wouldn't want them to. It's pretty extreme. Unless you were really, really de- just absolutely determined to not like them, most people would end up rooting for them. And I tell you, there's a lot of casual fans who maybe they root for the Chargers because they first played with them on Madden. And I, I, I sound like I'm being dismissive. One of my closest friends who's an NFL fan 
literally drew his team out of a hat 15 years ago. Now he roots for them and loves them and watches them and has jerseys and yet gets angry when they lose and everything else. But the way he chose them was he picked seven or eight teams he could choose from based on some various factors and then he drew them out of a hat. Yeah, it's far more lottery style rather than it's run in the family for generations or it's the first game that you went with your your old man or your mum or whatever. So it 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 is far more lottery but i'm with you i think people i think people would would have they, them as their second team i think yeah. you have enough casual fans and the fan base here would only need to be 20 or 30,000 specifically for that team who would own season tickets for it to work yep. genuinely i think that's enough Let's hear from the men involved, though. I've referenced the interviews a few times. Uh, First of all, let's hear from London Mayor Sadiq Khan and then from the head of NFL Europe and the UK, Brett Gosper, on the future of NFL in this country. Just a reminder, these interviews happened at the NFL Foundation UK event where uh, both the GLA and the NFL dedicated a million pounds towards causes here in the UK. I actually managed to speak to a couple of the the young players. One came from the academy and one was a, a female player who'd kind of... Uh, you know, talked about <laughs> she was great fun actually, and she was like, "Like, I know it sounds like a cliche, but these people are like my family now." And mm. I was really like shy and really, I played, I played football like soccer football for a while. I didn't really enjoy it. I've been playing flag now for two years. I love it. I play every week. These are my best friends. Like they were absolutely brilliant, yeah. and they're now investing another million pounds into areas of uh, specifically London initially planning to expand it beyond that eventually but specifically looking at areas of the city which are uh, more deprived areas in order to help young people in those areas I think that's brilliant so let's first hear from London Mayor Sadiq Khan Khan, how is it to have the NFL back in London? Oh god it's amazing to have live sports back but particularly American football we've really missed this last year Uh, we had a great game last uh, Sunday another great game I'm sure this uh, Sunday You've got elite sports uh, men here in London with their teams, but also the, the, whole, the whole package with the commissioner himself coming, which is fantastic, uh, but also the whole excitement and buzz around American football. It's just exciting. Talk to us about the NFL Foundation UK then, a million pounds donated today. Where's that all going to go? What's the plan? Well, I'm a great believer in the power of sports to transform people's lives. Not all of us, I'm afraid, can be elite, elite sports men and women. But this shows the difference uh, sports and NFL in particular are making to the lives of ordinary Londoners. What NFL have done is uh, set up a foundation who work in the UK. Uh, and what they're doing is uh, working with City Hall. and We're, we're contributing a million pounds to help young Londoners around issues to do with uh, youth unemployment, mental ill health, uh, them fulfilling their potential. Uh, the phrase that Roger and I use, the commissioner, is it's about character building as well. Uh, I've seen the difference sports has made to my life uh, and I want more Londoners to experience the joys of sport. And what about the NFL's commitment to London? You said earlier that it's permanent, not temporary. Can you expand on that? Well, look, the NFL have been coming to London for many, many years. Uh, of course, I talk about often uh, the dream of having a Super Bowl in London or having a London franchise. Uh, we're going to carry on working with the NFL to do that. But in the meantime, what's brilliant is we've got a long-term deal with the NFL. They'll come to London for the next uh, few years at least. But also, I think what this uh, announcement today of the million pounds shows is a cementing of the relationship between NFL and uh, London. It's quite clear NFL have fallen in love with London. And what this shows is, uh, of course, we talk about the elite sport, we talk about the games on Sunday, but this is an example of the NFL and City Hall investing in ordinary Londoners who aren't going to be elite quarterbacks or receivers 
they won't be in the line, uh, but they'll be uh, having the helping hand to have the potential fulfilled. Um, last couple from me. Firstly, just on on that thing that you said, the Super Bowl, the franchise. How far off those things do you think we are with that Germany announcement this week? Some thinking that maybe that's a move away from that direction. Well, I think the, the pandemic's clearly set things back uh, for obvious reasons. Uh, all sporting bodies are keen to make sure they put their respective sports back on firm financial footings but I think it's really exciting that there could be games in Germany going forward for a number of reasons firstly because it means more Europeans who can't travel to America will see the benefits of live sport and live NFL but also I'm hoping that NFL realise now that London is the best city in the world outside of America to hold an American football game. And how big is it for you to bring a big international sports event over here after the scenes we saw during the summer at the end of the Euros, you know, the investigation is, is ongoing for that at the moment. What would you say about that and what would you say this kind of brings to, to the city showing that, you know, we're still here, we're still doing things? Well, I'm quite clear, you know, as a big sports fan and someone who plays sports, I want London to be the sporting capital of uh, the world. Uh, we've got Wimbledon, uh, we've got you know, the FA Cup final, we've got uh, football taking place on a regular basis, six Premier League clubs, we've got Lords and Oval, we've had Championship cricket, we've had the World Cup final in taking place in London in cricket, we have a, on a regular basis rugby league finals, we've got one taking place next year. Uh, we've got great events taking place, Major League Baseball coming back to London next year. We saw the Red Sox and the Yankees previously in uh, London, and of course uh, NFL, look, I'm disappointed and what happened at the Euros final, both uh, us losing to Italy, but also what took place in London during the course of that day. But actually, during the course of that month in the Euros, I would argue the best games of any host city were in London. So it's really important to look at it in the round, uh, and I'm quite clear. Uh, we saw with last month with the Joshua Usyk fight, but also hopefully in the future, we'll see more great sporting events taking place in London. Brett Gosper, really appreciate you coming in and taking the time out to to speak with us. We've only met on Zoom so far, so... Like with so many people, haven't What's it been like for you, new in the role, this this last 10 days or so, seeing the juggernaut come to town? Yeah, that's. That, I think I've really uh, met the, the organisation in the last sort of two weeks or so. Um, I, I also met the organisation on Zoom for quite some time, and actually seeing it in action, seeing it put on events, seeing it create things around those events, and seeing you know the draw that the NFL brand is and the players and the game is it has been uh, absolutely fantastic and um, quite an eye-opener for me so I've enjoyed every minute of it. Sidi Khan mentioned the magic words Super Bowl franchise how much have you had that on your plate particularly over these two weeks where everyone's asking those yeah, questions it's, it's, to it's, you. The, it's the question that comes up all of the time and you wish you had the answer yes it's that date that team at that moment at that time it's not as simple as that um, we've always said you need a media market, you need a fan base and you need the right stadium. All of that's in place um, and you know I think it's now up to an owner or owners to, to, to see that serendipity and hopefully uh, look at the real prospect of putting a team here eventually but that's not something that we can influence other than show the attractiveness of the proposition. You've just got to put the for sale sign up and hope somebody bites that's what we're saying. Yeah maybe you can nudge <laughs> a bit more than that uh, you know maybe there's a, there's, there's a way of really showing them the arguments as to why it would be great but but you know the league as a whole has to see that opportunity but then an individual club owner has to you know really ex extract his uh, franchise from an existing market that's not an easy thing to do for, for all sorts of reasons so it's why it's just not a simple click of the fingers uh, project. 
get the announcement of the three cities in Germany this past week, Frankfurt, Dusseldorf, Munich, all bidding for a game. Talk to us about how that process has come together. Exactly. Well, I mean, just to say that, you know, Germany, in terms of its size of fan base, um, and in, in, in so much of what we do in the NFL is, is, the sa is the same size as the United Kingdom in many ways without us ever having a game there. And it just seems the right time to take a game to Germany. And so we're running a, pro a bit like an Olympic bid process where we're trying to find the best partners for us. Not, it's not just about the stadium, it's not just about the city or the region, but it's about all of it. And again, we want a deep relationship with the city in Germany that's not just one week of the year, but through the year in community, in flag, um, an academy like we have in the United Kingdom and so on. So that process is happening now and we'll hope, hope to have the result of that probably the early part of uh, next year, 22, and hopefully be able to announce something at the uh, at Super Bowl in Los Angeles in February. I guess they have that same for sale sign. They can look over and see what's happened in London and they can see how attractive it would be to it, get into. Exactly. Well, we have three cities coming in this weekend for an observer program at the stadium. So if you see a group of Germans looking <laughs> either worried or excited, that will be them. Hopefully they, 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 they look at it and go, wow, this is extraordinary. That's what they will. They're all very excited about the prospect of, of hosting uh, a game in as early potentially as 22, but no later than 23. Are there other markets that have been looked at at the moment and how does all this maybe affect the market here? Because that's the big thing we had. Tweet it out when it, the news was made. We're like, would you go and watch a game in Germany if you can get a ticket, etc.? Everyone's like, yeah, brilliant, fantastic, as long as it doesn't affect the game in London. No, it should affect the game in London. I mean, we, you know, we've got a commitment here and a deal with Tottenham, a contract you know, for, the, for another seven years at least. And they're great partners for us, and so no reason why that won't continue on. But two games a year here, and we know the Jags have a relationship, uh, you know, with Wembley. They're playing this weekend at Tottenham, but they usually have a relationship with Wembley. We have no reason to believe they won't continue their relationship with London in the future. We're not sure how many games that will be. There is also the new opportunity of of uh, NFL clubs to market and commercialise in foreign markets, and I think that will tempt other teams to come and play in London. So I don't think there'll be a shortage of opportunity to see NFL football in London. So Germany is not at the expense of London at all. It's it's complimentary and, and gives the chance of, of Londoners and people from the UK to go into Germany and watch these games as they come here. So I think 6,000 a year at one point were coming here to watch games in London. So uh, a little bit of exchange uh, uh, spectatorship there. What potential do you see then? What, what's the kind of, you know, you, you come in and you start to look at that big picture. How far do you think you can take the sport in this country? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't want to overpromise, but it, it continues to grow at a clip. Certainly our audiences on broadcast are growing at more than 20% a year. We're getting double-digit growth in, the fa in, in our fan base, which is considerable. Um, look, the sky's the limit. Um, I, you know, I think there's no... And these days, people don't just... They're not unisport. They don't just follow one sport. They can follow multiple sports and participate with the platforms in so many sports. But NFL is occupying the minds of a lot of fans and a growing number in this market. Brett Gosper, before that you heard Sadiq Khan. This is the Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter with me. Ollie, I kind of rambled a lot about the International Series. Did you have anything you wanted to bring to the table? Anything you wanted to add? Anything you wanted to discuss? Well, International Series-wise? Well, or anything, really. Well, uh, like, what, what about... I referenced it before we heard from Gosby and... Gosby! <laughs> Gosby and... Um, Carney? No, it doesn't quite work. Sadiq. No. Senor Sadiq Khan. Um, and what about these trade rumours for the Dolphins and Deshaun Watson? They're not going away, and if anything, they're getting stronger. I thought Tua Tagovailoa had a really good game 
on yeah. Sunday. He just had that one awful interception. Yeah, he did. And... He did. But but anyone can have a really awful interception. And we've seen Pat Mahomes had an awful interception last year, uh, last week. All right, I'm not necessarily comparing uh, Tua with Pat, but there's something makes me feel really uneasy about someone who's got 20 I've seen 22 I've seen 24 I've seen 26 sexual misconduct allegations hanging over their head if it's something really uneasy even as a football fan that Deshaun Watson would end up being traded to traded to the Dolphins and if I was a Dolphins fan if I was a Dolphins fan any do- you know everyone's got a mum or or a sister or a grandmother or, or whatever um I wouldn't necessarily want someone and let's I'll be uh, uh, let's let's be frank here. He hasn't been. Nothing's happened of, with these allegations as of yet. So so innocent and proven until proven guilty. But I wouldn't be happy with someone like that coming into my organization to be the, the face of the franchise. The Texans got rid of him for a reason, or, or haven't used him. Rid of him. Yeah, yeah. Well, you like to hope they're getting rid of him at some point for a reason. I still find it astonishing that the NFL haven't got involved. It's, it's yeah. Same. The fact that he's basically just sat on their practice squad equivalency, like he is a, a rost, he is a rostered player with the Houston Texans, still at this point because basically they're sitting here going, "There's a civil law case which might not be sorted out for eighteen months, two years." Let's not forget, there's a legal case which might take a long time to get sorted out. We are in complete and utter limbo, but we are paying this man a lot of money to not do anything and if we were to cut him or anything else it would cost us so much against the cap it would cost us like they the Texans are in a near impossible situation in terms of they can't do anything with him until the NFL either steps in or he actually gets you know charged arrested taken to court whatever that might look like until then they have to just sit on that asset and that's you know let's talk about him in a business term it is an asset he's worth a huge amount to you you still probably will get multiple first round picks for him because he is a top 5 NFL quarterback yeah. in terms of talent he is just accused of and let's you know not beat around the bush it sounds more likely than not that did do some incredibly sexually un appealing things which unacceptable unacceptable things things which make him not a particularly appealing human being to be involved in your organization we talk about the fact that the nfl constantly is a place that's about winning now and a place that's about you know if a player is good enough those things fall by the wayside i always remember uh, that there was a, a corner in, in San Francisco who had allegations of domestic abuse against him, which ended up being bogus. But he was a four-string corner and got cut just like that when yeah. when he first got arrested. Turned out that actually the person who had accused him had already been uh, indicted in other states for lying in court about such accusations where they been proven to be false and basically was someone who had gone out and targeted rich people particularly sports people and then brought these allegations against them to you know try and get some money and and some fame and some notoriety and whatever else and that in itself is just the worst behavior because it takes away from the legitimate victims of these crimes but the moral from my perspective is that you're looking at person you're going like they got cut immediately because they weren't that important to the organization and yet when Alden Smith was a top round draft pick around the same time for the same organization and had multiple issues, but he also broke the rookie sack record in his first year and was one of the best pass rushers out of college that we've seen in the last decades. It's funny how 
he kept getting a second chance and a third chance. And okay, eventually they cut him. But then he got another chance elsewhere yeah. in Las Vegas. And then he got another, well, sorry, in Oakland at the time. And then he got another chance elsewhere. And, and you know, there are people who, when it comes to their talent, it's high enough that the other stuff doesn't get punished in the same way. And you can even go on and win a Super Bowl when you've got stuff hanging over your head. So that in itself is kind of devastating. Yeah. I mean, that's not getting to Antonio Brown too much, but for that reason, I expect that we will continue to hear Deshaun Watson trade rumours until somebody steps in, whether it's the law, whether it's lawyers on a civil case, or whether it's the NFL themselves. I can't believe he's not got any kind of exemption list or anything. It's mad, isn't it? It's just it's, the whole story is is absolutely balmy. I can't get my head around it, but then I kind of can get my head around it. It's uh, it yeah, it, it's one of those. Also, I, go on. I was going to say, how do you feel about like all the people who are looking at two or through nine starts initially, now through twelve starts, and posting all these stats, going, yeah, compare him with Drew Brees through his first ten starts in the league, and he's got a better completion percentage and more yardage and a better touchdown to interception percentage and everything else. I have to say, by the eye test, and by the smell test, and by the fact that there is the injury problems, Tua doesn't look like he's going to cut the mustard in the NFL. As much as I thought he did have a good game in London last Sunday, yeah. barring the one terrible inception, I think he may be a, a career backup, something like that. And I and I hope, like I've met, I've spoken to the guy on the phone. I've never met him, but I've spoken to the guy on the phone. We interviewed him when he was at Alabama before he got injured, and he's a lovely kid, and he's clearly a great leader, and he's clearly like a, a good guy. But I just don't know if he's set cut out for the NFL unfortunately Deshaun Watson's a brilliant football player yeah that doesn't mean that Miami should sell their souls in order to bring him in that's a great point and that's the that's the crux of it they've they Miami stuck by Tua when he did have this injury they 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 drafted him high they spent capital to get him in some ways and now what they're just because he's had a, a, a slightly iffy start i they're gonna they're gonna sell their soul, as you say, to bring him in to to get rid of him. I've heard Washington is on the table, um, get in some weird weird trio trade thing, um, and then bring in someone like Deshaun Watson. Anyway, I think we've spoken too much about Deshaun Watson. <laughs> um, let's I've, let's pick our games for this weekend. Looking forward to week seven. Some of the, some of the bangers. One of the ones that, that I'm not going to pick is the Dolphins. And the Atlanta Falcons, Dolphins without um, without going on a bye after London. Let's see how that works out. How they how they react. The Colts won after going back and playing exactly not of a bye. So maybe maybe it's not that big a deal. Uh, look, the games that I want to pick out from this weekend. Uh, I will start off with the Chiefs yep. at the Titans. The three and three Chiefs at the four and two Titans. Tennessee really showed me something this past week with that win against Buffalo. I still think Buffalo are the best team in the AFC, by the way. Some people like dropping them down their power rankings. I know that they had the weird win in week one. And then this past week, they came up against an opponent they don't match up well with. And the Titans played the game of their lives. The Titans really did show me something. But I see that as a blip for Buffalo and, and I would expect them to get back on the on the wagon. I still expect them to be in the conversation for the top seed in the AFC. But I do think the Chiefs and their ailing defence, which isn't getting to the passer, 
going up against Derek Henry when their linebacking core is not very strong, when the pass rushers can't get to Tannehill. Buffalo showed that the way to stop Tannehill when they did stop him was to blow up those bootlegs and stop those drives mm. early. And the Chiefs just aren't set up to do that. I actually, I fancy the Titans to win this weekend and for the Chiefs fall, to fall to three and four. I think in the Gridiron's Pick'em game, I've picked the Titans as well to win. Um, I love bec- this. Because... Patrick Mahomes, that I don't know whether he's had a worse first half. There were some weird decisions he, he was making. He was missing, he was missing players open. He was he threw up that terrible interception. He did come back in the second half and and put on a little bit of a clinic. Uh, I think it was more that Washington uh, ran out of ideas on both offense and defense. But uh, yeah, that's a magnificent game. The first game I'll pick is is the Bengals and the Ravens uh, in Baltimore. Bengals who have been, they were unlucky against the Packers and then they came back with that win last week. And then the Ravens who blew, a, blew absolutely blew away the Chargers. Some people were saying, oh, Chargers versus Rams, brilliant to have LA Super Bowl, um, the two LA teams. The Chargers and Brandon Staley, they just couldn't get anything going because the Ravens' defense massively turned up, hugely turned up. You had on Monday where the Colts, in the Colts game, and Lamar accounted for 500 out of 506, 526 yards of of um, the Baltimore Ravens offense. Lamar didn't really have to do anything. It was all about the Ravens' run game, which included Lev Bell, Devontae Freeman, and Latavius Murray. Some three three oldsters, three veterans, you could say. But oldies, oldies, oldies. But um, that Ravens' defense looks really good. And then on the other side, the Bengals in um, Jamar Chase. What a player! I, I I went a bit over the top, maybe about that block for the <laughs> uh, for the Joe Mixon touchdown, but he's now he's he's putting up ridiculous numbers. He's doing things that wide receivers doing things that wide receivers that are really good do really well. He's starting to do them like those blocking downfield for the other guys on the field. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited about seeing what's going to happen in a in a usually quite a tetchy and um, nasty AFC North rivalry game. Love it. Love it. So Bengals-Ravens is my one that I'm really, really looking forward to. And I just want to say, before we sign off, and which we do need to do so, because we've got to go do some actual work. Yes. Uh, thank you to everyone who... Um, I went to the Around the NFL uh, taping when they... Well, not taping, but they came to the live podcasts. Yes. Um, Bless Ricky, sorted us out, me and my wife out with some guest list at a very short notice. I was at, uh, I was going to some work drinks and she was like, do you want to come down and see the show? I'm like, well, I'm going to these work drinks. And then I realised it was like a five minute walk from where we were going for work drinks. I was like, yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> so me and the wife went and saw that and that was uh, it was great. But we had a couple of people come and talk to us there. A few people outside the game and in and around the games as well who just came and said they really enjoyed the show and like everyone's so lovely about it. And it was all handshakes and, and kind of kind words and we don't expect that kind of thing ever like you know our listener base is probably one percent if not less of shows like around the nfl but it's amazing when you know we do hear that feedback it is lovely to hear and we've been doing this a long old time now and so we appreciate the love there was a guy at brentford a steward at brentford who recognized me through my eyes just my eyes and maybe my voice i I said thanks or something uh, when he opened the door into the media room for me and he said, oh, you are short. Because uh, <laughs> that week I'd been saying that I'm a short bloke with Will Blackman. Um, oh, man, but so uh, I for, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. 
but it was lovely meeting you. And yeah, again, I echo that. We'll love everyone that listens to us. Really appreciate it. Um, although, if you're going to ask me for a selfie again, please don't do it when Ollie Thornton or Hunter are around. I knew you'd bring this I up. Because I will get ripped to yes. dirt for the rest of the day, week, season, life. Just like I did... Uh, when I fell over leaving the London Games in front of... The oh, I've heard about this. We we mentioned it on air, <laughs> yeah, uh, on God. the Red Zone show. Amazing. Very funny. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening. This has been The Grenade.